Explore presents a reading from Strangers Like Angels with a devil or two to boot by Alec and Jan Foreman. and I would like to say thank you for listening to our podcast. If you have any questions, do please write to alecjan at gmail.com and do write podcast in the subject line. Thank you. Chapter 12. Rerouted. 31st of March to the 16th of May, 1977. Cameroon, Nigeria. Benin City, Nigeria. Tuesday the 3rd of May, 1977. Dear Mum, Dad, David and Paul, Hope you're all well. It was lovely to receive your four letters at Yaoundi in Cameroon. Glad you had a happy birthday, Mum. Great to hear that friends Rosalind and Brian now have a baby. They've named Gavin, brother to Laura. Congratulate them from us if you see them, as I sent their postcard before I knew. Sounds as if you've visited Auntie Florrie in Barningham often. Hope she received our postcard. You really have been gadding about, visiting the great aunts at Clacton, going to London and so on. How's the new washing machine going, Mum? Since leaving Nigeria and travelling into Cameroon, we've been to Mora, Marua, Pus, Garua, Ngundore, Fumban, Bafusam, Douala, Kribi, Yaoundi, Kumba, then back into Nigeria to Inugu, Benin City, and now we're en route for Lagos. Dad, you'll probably need to look in the big atlas to find some of those locations. Apart from the interesting scenic changes from dry bush to green forest, the fertile highlands, then dense jungle, we've also seen many types of homes made from mud, wood, bamboo, grass, palm fronds and bricks, Whatever is available, the locals use creatively. Our latest treat has been tropical fruit and vegetables. Pineapples, papaya, bananas, avocados and corn on the cob, costing just a few pence. Yam, a root vegetable, their equivalent of potato, is quite good. In fact, Alex says he prefers it. They grow rice too, so yesterday we bought what we hope is a good long grain, The first bag we got I had to throw away as it was crawling with beasties after a few days. The climate in the jungle is very hot and humid and it's quite a problem with our bedding being very damp in the morning after we've been sweating all night. Drying the washing is a nightmare too. The clothes take so long to dry that in the end they smell as if they need washing all over again. We also feel hot and bothered sleeping under the mosquito net to avoid the nightly raids of insects, moths and various midges. On a positive note, in the jungle, we were thrilled to see swarms of giant iridescent turquoise butterflies. Fortunately, we spent four relaxing days in Douala. There we stayed in the large air-conditioned house of a young French couple, Michel and Colette, whom we'd met in northern Cameroon. They are maths teachers and were still on their Easter break when we arrived. It was even better than staying in a hotel with excellent meals prepared by their cook, 
who kindly did all our laundry too. Alec was able to do maintenance on the vehicle in the relative comfort of their driveway. Embarrassingly, our French host beat us repeatedly at Scrabble, even though it was in English. Tucking into snacks and drinks whilst we played, we tried eating olives for the first time, definitely an acquired taste. From Douala, we drove south through the jungle to Kribi, renowned for its sandy palm tree beaches. We had our lunch by the waterfalls where the river cascades into the sea. Next stop was Yaoundi, the capital, where we went to the British Embassy, dressed clean and smart. We asked for news of Zaire, as we had heard there was rebel fighting, but they said we'd have no trouble entering as we have already obtained a visa in London. But the Kenya-Tanzania border was still closed. Although there was a chance we could have reached Kenya, provided we found fuel in Zaire, which at present is improbable, we decided to avoid trouble and visit the countries in West Africa. After all, wherever we go is new and exciting. So now, providing we can obtain visas en route, we plan to visit Benin, Togo, Ghana, Upper Volta, Mali, Niger, Algeria, Tunisia, Sicily, Italy, and so on, east to India. Crossing the Sahara a second time will be quite a challenge, as it will be exceedingly hot. I thought I'd give you a glimpse from our diary of a typical day during our time in Cameroon. 5th of April, 1977, our third wedding anniversary. Our morning antics were observed by six boys and two women, who seemed fascinated in watching us have breakfast, wash the dishes, wash ourselves, Alex shaving and us dressing. Afterwards, we packed up and set off along the rough dirt track to Mora, where we stopped at a local hotel for a refreshing cold lemon drink. Then we took the good tarmac road to Marua. But en route, the dust clouds created by the seasonal Harmerton wind obscured the hills. In the dry riverbed, men were digging holes deep down in their quest to find water. At Marua, we were hassled by the local lads wanting to guide us around, guard our vehicle or such like. Went to the bank to change money and it took quite a while. As soon as we left the town area, the road began to deteriorate to corrugated dirt tracks through avenues of trees. We saw rabbits running on the rolling plains with a few rocky hills in the distance. A great eagle stood by the roadside and then began to run along, flapping its huge wings for takeoff. After passing the village of Gyurvidig, the landscape changed to very flat, dry marshland. People were living in round thatched mud huts. At the village of Pus, it was market day, and there a man was selling handmade hunting arrows. Vultures and ducks were pottering around, looking for tasty tidbits. The women were very tall, some with short, wiry, curly black hair, others with shaved heads. Many had piercings adorned with chunky bone or wooden jewellery. Just as we were leaving, a young, attractive Fulani couple came and asked us to take their photo. They were dressed in their tribal clothes and the girl's face was heavily tattooed. From Pus, we were able to drive on the dry, stony dirt track alongside the River Lagon. We passed many women walking home from market, wearing their brightly coloured, blues, reds, yellows and greens, bold patterned tops with wrap-around skirts. 
They were balancing heavily loaded gourd bowls on their heads as they gracefully walked along. A couple of the women were smoking pipes. Found a lovely spot to camp by the river. Lads were fishing at the riverside and a dugout canoe was being punted along. We were delighted to see so many birds, flocks of crested cranes and storks and the occasional eagle. Distant drumming and singing gave a mystical effect to the otherwise peaceful evening. We often spend time in the evenings reading the living Bible that Mr Miller's missionary friends gave to us in Joss. We've been reading it most evenings, as this version is as easy to read as a newspaper. We've been thinking and wondering about our own beliefs, which for Alec and I were disappearing. It's good for us to take this opportunity of time and travel to study the Bible and reconsider what it has to say. So now, unexpectedly, we find ourselves back in Nigeria. We've just spent the past two days in Benin City, staying at an Irish couple's home. Tony and Sarah travelled from London to Cape Town, South Africa, two years ago with their young son. Tony met us at a garage in the town where we were looking for water and he invited us to stay. As he is returning to England on a business trip this week, he offered to take our films and post them. So you'll soon receive two cine films, three films of 36 slides and a film of 20 slides. You're welcome to look through the slides and let us know if the results are good. Remember to post all letters from now until the 22nd of May to Post Restaurant, Niemi, Niger. Fondest love, Alec and Janice. Twelve days later. Accra, Ghana. Monday the 16th of May, 1977. Dear Mum, Dad, David and Paul. Hope you are all well. We are fine. Since the letter we posted in Lagos, we have visited the coastline of Benin, travelled from south to north of Togo and back south through Ghana to Accra. Our route has been Ikeja into Benin, Porto Novo, Cotonou into Togo, Lome, Palame, Sokode, Lamakara, Kandi, across to Ghana, Yendi, Kapandu and Akosomba Dam to Accra. At Ikeja, near Lagos, we stayed in the home of an English family with two young sons, friends of the Irish couple, Tony and Sarah, we had stayed with in Benin City, another Tony and his wife Maggie. They had previously crossed the Sahara in a Volkswagen Beetle. This Tony is an aircraft engineer with Bristow helicopters, so he and Alec had plenty to chat about. We visited the airport several times and spoke to the Dutch company Aero Contractors, which has twin otters. Alec inquired about job openings. On the Sunday, we went to Tarka Beach with the family, which included a 30-minute boat ride through Lagos Harbour. The day after, we set off to the country of Benin, but chose not to stay there overnight, as it was compulsory for visitors to pay and stay in a hotel. It was forbidden to stay in one's camper van. I guess they needed the money but we chose to drive straight on through to Togo. We were very impressed with Togo and voted as one of the best-run countries we've seen so far. Everything was so clean and fresh and the country's wealth was distributed evenly throughout the country. There seemed a great community spirit and everyone looked happy. The coastline was beautiful, golden beaches and coconut palms. 
Unfortunately, this sea appeared only fit for surfing, too rough for swimming. At one village, early in the morning, the locals were playing drums and rattles, singing and dancing. We went over to see them and they welcomed us to watch. One lady invited me to join in, so I had to go at dancing, Togo style. We found out just before we left that the occasion was in honour of a woman who had died. The scenery around Kandy in northern Togo was beautiful. Low rolling hills, distinctive houses and a wonderful market we visited late afternoon. Most of the people there were in high spirits from the local homebrew on sale. The smell of beer was overpowering. At another market we bought our best bargain yet when we stopped to buy some mangoes. As the lady didn't speak French, I gave her 25 CFA francs, equivalent to sixpence, and held open a plastic carrier bag. We thought she was never going to stop putting the mangoes in. 44 mangoes! I made three pounds of jam and we had fresh mangoes for lunch and dinner for the next three days. Our reception in Ghana wasn't very friendly. Over the 20 miles leading from the border, we were stopped eight times by the police or army to check our particulars. We've since found out the reason, though. Apparently, a lot of smuggling goes on in the area. The drive down along and across Lake Volta was pleasant, crossing by ferry in one place and a floating pontoon bridge in another. We spent an hour helping to clear a load of plastic pipes that had fallen off a lorry onto the ferry. The driver then kindly paid for our ferry crossing. Our land river continues to serve as well as a home and for transport, not just for us but for locals as well. They clap their hands when they see us driving towards them, indicating they would like a ride. It's fun having them in the back and if there are two women, they chat away in delight, laughing and enjoying their good fortune and not having to wait around for the overcrowded local transport. We've been grateful for our winch too, as we've been able to help out in some tricky situations. We see evidence of many accidents with abandoned smash vehicles lying in ditches. Turning one corner back in Cameroon, we found an overturned Land Rover that had fallen off the wet, muddy road. Apparently, the driver had swerved when a bird swooped down towards his windscreen. A Frenchman who worked there was trying to pull the vehicle out with a rope but it needed our winch to pull the weight of that Land Rover. Fortunately, the expatriate was able to take the shocked and bruised passengers to the nearest hospital. We are now leaving Accra to head north to Upper Volta and Mali. We are hoping to see some interesting crafts and folklore at Kumasi, which is supposed to be the place to visit in Ghana. We have been lucky to stay at the Taylor Woodrow Tao guesthouse for the past few days, taken advantage of our working for the company last summer in Oman. It was lovely to cook in a big open kitchen once again. They had a steward there who would have done all our cooking, washing and so on, but I didn't trouble him. Our stay in the air-conditioned guest house coincided nicely with Alex's birthday yesterday. We went for lunch at the Continental Hotel to celebrate. Letters should next be sent by return to post restaurant Taman Rasset, Algeria. Well, that's all for now. Fondest love, Alec and Janice. Total distance driven, 11,953 miles.
You've been listening to a reading from Strangers Like Angels with a Devil or Two to Boot by Alec and Jan Foreman, presented by Explore More. Explore More is an adventure lifestyle brand founded on the 1977 travel stories of Alec and Jan Foreman, with a passion to inspire people to explore more of the world, engage with others and embrace global cultures, to ensure a greater understanding for each other and enable positive progression. Discover great products and more on exploremore.com. That's E-X-P-L-M-O-R-E dot com.